This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. My next guest this morning, Vanda Simon, host of Right On here on ORFM, and of course, award-winning crime writer, has a new book out. It's Expectant, the fifth entry in the Detective Sam Shepard series. Um, Vanda, Morena, good to have you with us. Thanks for coming in. Morena and Jeff, lovely to be here and to be on this side of the microphone. <laughs> Well, um, and you probably have a few opportunities like this to talk about your book because uh, more and more uh, people around the world are starting to latch on to Vanda Simon's work and we want to talk a little bit about that in a moment. But um, this book in the Sam Shepard series had to had to sort of wait a little while um, to, to realise itself, didn't it? Because you immersed yourself in the world of study. Yes, I took a wee break from writing the fiction to uh, complete a PhD in science communication at the University of Otago. And I just found that while I was busy doing that academic kind of a study, I did not have the capacity to try and do creative work at all. So um, it's been with a, a sense of relief that I've been able to get back to the creative writing and to let Sam Shepard out in the world again because she's been living in my head somewhat over the number of years, nagging me, sort of like, hey, don't forget me, when's my turn? So I was finally able to get her out back on a page. Well, I guess especially since the the, the two pieces of work that you're talking about are, are absolutely related, your academic study and your writing are very closely linked. Yes, well, one of the reasons that I chose um, the science communication, my thesis topic was looking at the communication of um, science and crime fiction. So it, it married beautifully my loves, which was science and also the, the crime fiction writing. And within that thesis, I used um, Dame Nio Marsh as uh, like a case study, as an amazing example of a New Zealand writer who put in a lot of effort into the research that she did into her novels to make sure that it was factually accurate because you now she didn't want any any um, boo-boos or anything like that happening in her, in her work, and, and none, as none of us do. Uh, so it was fabulous for me to, to marry that up and create um, a, a thesis about two things that I love. Was it necessary for you to do that? Did you feel at the time that, that you needed to take that next step and, and explore um, that subject more completely before you could carry on your writing? Or were they, were they not related in that way? <laughs> well, they were related. Um, so as part of my own crime fiction writing, I attended the University of Otago Summer School and did their forensic biology course because I wanted to increase my knowledge of um, forensics as research for the novels to put the science in. But then I just enjoyed the study so much that I thought, oh, maybe I should do a little bit more. And um, the late Jules Kieser, who ran the course back then, he was very persuasive man. He was like, you know, Vanda, you should come back and do some more study. And I, yeah, I found that I, I really, really wanted to, to continue on and do that. And also just to give myself, um, I felt the, the need just to... I suppose shore up my um, credentials as it were just to um, give myself a bit more that research background and how to research and everything too. Not every writer will have gone to that trouble. You would have been aware at, the, at starting that um, important piece of academic work that that was going to necessarily mean that other things needed to be parked, right? How did you feel about that? Oh, me and my naive innocence thought that, sure thing, I can manage a PhD and bringing up a family and doing all those other things and write novels at the same time. 
Yeah, that didn't quite work out as planned. So the novel writing was the the bit that had to be shelved for a while. But I did know that I I would come back to it. In that regard, I mean, were you at all concerned about that? There was momentum building with the Sam Shepard series and uh, international following and so forth. Were you concerned at all that you might dip off the radar, as it were? I was petrified that I'd just fall off people's consciousness and that um, you know all that momentum that I'd gained would be lost. So, you know, it was quite um, there in my mind thinking about this. So I feel very, very fortunate that, in fact, the novel's got a new lease of life by being picked up by my British publisher, um, Karen Sullivan, at Arenda Books. And was a, she was able to, in publishing the all my novels again, um, slightly edited, to get that momentum happening again and it was riding on that momentum that I was able to write Expectant as uh, no, the next one in the well, series. Well that's a fantastic piece of timing, yes. uh, one you wouldn't have anticipated. No and uh, it really illustrated that in the publishing world so much is about luck and timing uh, you know you can plan everything to an nth degree and just not get that moment but for me I was very very fortunate in that um, Craig Sisterson who is like New Zealand's greatest cheerleader for crime fiction and all New Zealand writing um, who lives over in London he placed my book Overkill in the hands of Karen and said you need to read this you know you should publish her and so she read the book and loved it and the rest is history. (laughs) And what can you say about the consequence of that uh, in terms of well let's be crude sales and so forth? (laughs) Oh, it's never too crude. Um, it really, really helped get a, a different audience. So the New Zealand audience is actually very, very small. And it's you know, for any New Zealand authors, you can't really make a living just on your sales that you're going to get within a New Zealand audience. You have to reach into those international markets. And by being published from London, um, Karen was able to get the books out and across Europe so you know sales are much better still not enough to make a living on I might add mm. and you know it just it keeps me in coffee and maybe might stretch to coffee and a slice all right um your shout then Avanda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so while Sam Shepard was sitting inside your head through that period was was the story also sitting inside your head or, or, or did you allow that to, to, to fall forth once you'd turned your mind to it following completion of your study? I had already this story pretty much planned out before I went off to do my PhD. So um, I didn't have to work from scratch when it came to writing this novel. I knew from where I had left Sam in an um, interesting position at the end of Bound that you know, her life had to progress on from there and the events that happen and expectant where she is expecting her own child now. Um, and all the elements behind the crime itself were already there. Uh, what was different is that uh, I just had to make a little bit of adjustment to how far science has advanced in that period of time. Um, in fact, when I was re-editing the other novels for the British market, um, one of the things I had to do was, again, just update some of the technology because technology advances so quickly. So in the... Um, first book overkill when i wrote that smartphones went to think and now everyone's got a smartphone so you know it was just finding ways to um, update and keep that technology up to date but also try and future proof it a little as well mm. because you know thinking ahead well no is this going to feel really dated in 10 years time 
And so what can you tell us about the storyline here? I know this is it's important that you do this rather than anyone else spoil it. But, um, yeah, here's what's your little taster of the story. Yeah, so in expectant um, Detective Sam Shepard, she is expecting her own child. She's very pregnant. She's due to go on maternity leave in like about two weeks' time. But there is a awfully grisly murder in Dunedin of a very pregnant woman whose um, child is essentially cut out of her and um, kidnapped. And so for Sam, uh, the whole city is absolutely shocked by this case, but for her, just because of the position that she's in as an expectant mother and for her partner, it feels very, very personal. So she's utterly determined that you know before she goes on um, maternity leave, so the clock is ticking for her very much in that respect, that she's going to solve this case. So a little bit of Sam uh, in you then, I imagine, uh, you, you know, that, that experience, that even imagining the mm. horror of that experience must yeah. have been difficult to write about. It was, and it brought back and how to revisit you know my own vulnerabilities and how I felt uh, when first pregnant with my eldest son and just how much that changes your world and your life and um, just how vulnerable you feel and just that range of a huge range of emotions that it's going through your mind at the time and all the things you worry about the health of your child you worry about how your life's going to adjust to this how it's going to affect relationships you know so so many things one of the things that you've done uh, as a consequence of uh, sort of updating the previous books for the wider market is to add a little bit more of Mm. of what perhaps a local reader might not necessarily need. Tell us a little bit more about that. One of the wonderful things about being picked up by my British publisher was that she was looking for works of fiction, international authors, you know, um, she translates a lot of fiction, but books that had a real sense of place. And so she wanted me to make the books more Kiwi, more New Zealand, which was music to my ears because... We, as New Zealand authors, are often told, "Oh, make it less New Zealand. It won't won't appeal to an international market." Whereas, as a reader, I know that I love reading fiction that has a real sense of place because it makes me live vicariously and travel there in my mind. And so, to have my publisher turn around and say, "Please inject more New Zealand into this book, into these books," was was wonderful, and I, I relished the opportunity to do that. So I threw in more slang, threw in more description, used some of our beautiful Māori words of um, des- describing nature, and it was it was wonderful. And in writing Expectant from scratch, have you therefore also done that in the orig- original draft of yes, this book? Yes, yeah, I kiwied it. I kiwied it a lot. <laughs> That's really curious. I wonder, might it be the Netflix effect, you know, the Nordic Noirs, people wanting to know more about setting and, and bringing pictures to mind in their head and so forth? Well, I think Scandinavian fiction really, really helped. You know, when we had um, Stig Larsson and um, all those books, uh, the Wallander series, readers loved getting that sense of Scandinavia and everything like that. And it spurred on readers wanting to learn more about other places and people started reading fiction from around the world getting a lot more international with their reading i know myself i started reading you know some more japanese works scandinavian works french and and just getting a little taste for other countries and not just their geography and how they are physically but um you know the politics the social settings behind all those things as well it's just such a rich way to discover more about the world did you find that this book kind of fell out of you at a, at a speed that others might not have? Or, I mean, 
as a consequence of having sat in your head for so long and or from from what you learned while you were studying well, this book had to fall out of me because of the pressures of time. Because like many people and many, many writers, I have to work a day job to be able to afford to live. So I had to fit in writing a novel around the um, expectations of my own working day, plus all the other things I do. I, I, mean, I coach sport, I coach fencing, um, family life. So it, it was out of the bones of necessity just having to sit down in the evenings and just really work very hard to get the novel written as quickly as possible. Do you get eight hours sleep on a regular basis, Vanda? Sorry, what is the strange <laughs> sleep word you speak of? <laughs> I'm well, unfamiliar with the term. That's why I asked the question. <laughs> um, fitting it all in, uh, you know, I wonder whether you know you have to develop, a, you know, another way of r- arranging the hours in your day. Clearly. You do some very, very late nights and some very, very early morning starts. But also um, I learned, and this was particularly when I first started writing and the kids were little, you know, I had um, a six-month-old and a two-year-old when I very first started writing, was to really make use of snippets of time, you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. It's all getting words on the page, so it's all moving the story forward. Uh, Having a big chunk of time, of course, is is way better because you can get into the flow of writing and and you know, just get thousands of words out in one go. But sometimes, you know, a hundred words at a time is what you just have to do. Five of six novels now with Sam Shepard. Do you feel that there is now an expectation that that that's what Vanda Simon is as a writer? She's writing about the Sam Shepard's story and will keep that going as long as she can or is there you know are there other novels in you the other novel that i wrote the um faceless is a psychological thriller standalone thriller set in auckland and i certainly feel and got feedback from people that that people would love to see a sequel to that just with some of the characters so that's banging around in my head at the moment but i also love the series writing and I can I know that I, um, Sam's got so much more growing to do she's going to have to be in the next book looking at juggling being a working parent um, as and how that's going to change her life so she's going to mature as well and there are lots of authors who you know have series that go on and everyone loves become so involved with the characters that they want to um, learn more about them. But I see myself also writing other series. I've got other characters in my head and who are you know a bit different again. Uh, so there's plenty of opportunity there. I don't think you have to get cast in the role of writing just one type of fiction anymore. Uh, readers will always want to come back to the series that they love, but I think they also like to explore other things and see what other things writers are capable of. Speaking of readers, are you a reader? And, and if so, where on earth do you get the time? But but uh, what do you read? <laughs> I am an avid reader. Um, right from childhood, um, books were hugely important in my life. So I read Anything and everything, really. I read a lot of non-fiction. I love fiction. I love crime fiction. I love historic fiction, uh, science fiction and speculative fiction. I'll pretty much read anything I can get my hands on. Totally addicted to the newspaper in the morning. Uh, So, yeah, and reading's so important. Um, You learn so much about the world from reading. But also, it's just a lovely way to escape, particularly when you do have a busy life. When you're reading the words on the page, your brain has to be engaged in that, in that moment. So um, I find that I have to read to 
kind of keep an even keel. And it's it's part of um, just my routine for slowing my head down at the end of the day. So most of my reading is at, at around bedtime. Mm. And if I can sneak in some reading during the day, then it feels like a total luxury. What does the publication of Expectant set and train now uh, in relation to promotion and, and, and all sorts? Um, you know, what do you think the next few months are going to be like around this novel? As an author, you do have to do quite a lot of self-promotion um, in that. Uh, quite a bit of that's involved in social media. I'm very, very fortunate in that my publisher, um, she's fantastic at arranging social media things on Twitter and having um, book bloggers and reviews out there and responding to that. Um, interviews, if you can. Um, I've been utterly fortunate to have had a lovely article in the Otago Daily Times in the weekend, but also to have been in North and South magazine in this month's edition. So it's, it's just a matter of sort of trying to get the book promoted out there, particularly uh, as my books are published in Britain, you know, distribution can be a bit of a problem. So although my book is now out, Expectant is out on audiobook and an e-book, um, the print copies aren't in New Zealand yet. So people can order them online um, from the overseas, the, the big stores, but not quite here in New Zealand, which is really, really difficult and slightly awkward in that, you know, I've written this book, it's out in the world, I don't have a copy of my own book myself, <laughs> so I can't even sit there and look at my own book yet, which is frustrating. So, yeah, the timing and trying to keep that momentum um, and sales going is difficult. You do have to put your head, you know, put yourself out there a wee bit, which is tiring because, you know, to be honest, um, I'd, I'd love to be writing the next book. But you do have to put the time in. And it is, it is lovely. I really enjoy getting the feedback from readers about what they think of the book. Although, you know, the, until you get the first reviews in, you, you're feeling vaguely terrified and you feel a bit sick to your stomach until you first start seeing the feedback. And then when you see that, oh, actually, people are enjoying this book, it's like, whew. <laughs> Well, you are, you'll be very aware of a loyal fan base now. Um, and I, I suppose there are regular correspondence among those fans. Are there, Vanda? Uh, yeah, so uh, readers are wonderful and they can get quite naggy. So because it was such a big break, I used to get quite a lot of email in on my website. It's like, love the book. So when's the next one, Vanda? When are you writing the next book? Are we going to see another book? It's about time you got another book out, um, which is great because it, it, it makes you – Keep working hard and working for your readers. Anyone presuming to give you advice about a, a potential storyline? I haven't had that. Um, although in saying that, I do have some work colleagues because my um, background is I have an undergraduate degree in pharmacy uh, and now you know, PhD in science communication. So you know, some of my former pharmacy colleagues, we have some interesting discussions about ways that you can do things undetected mm. that involve medications. Right. <laughs> So for anyone um, who, who prefers to wait until they can get their hands on a hard copy book um, but wants to find out more about Sam Shepard, about Van der Simon's writing, could they pick this series up at, at any point? Or would you say, no, please go back and start with the first book? It'll do yourself a favour. All books are standalone. They stand on their own two feet in their own right but as a reader I always like to go back to the first in the series because you get to see how the character develops over time and you know, all of us we are the result of all the things that we've experienced and so 
with each experience that Sam Shepard has in previous books, you know, that affects how she reacts in the future. And she has other story arcs going through with relationships, with her family and things like that. So although, you know, you can pick up Expectant and really enjoy it as a standalone read, you know, if you do have the time, then I recommend going back to the beginning of the series. And that for, for any series, for any author's books. Well, Vanda, we really appreciate you talking to us about Expectant. It is fabulous to have delivered, ba-boom, this, uh, <laughs> this, this piece now. People have been expecting it. Um, and, of course, listeners, you can also tune in um, to write on here on ORFM where, Vanda, you get an opportunity to talk with other people about, about their work as well. And that's that's another really cool thing about being here in Aotearoa, right? It is, and I love that New Zealand, um, we have such a huge number of writers across totally different genres, you know, got fabulous non-fiction, fiction, writers, poets, illustrators. Uh, it's it's a wonderful community of writers here, so I really enjoy getting that opportunity to to talk with people on the radio about their books. Yeah, and we, our big shout out to, to the University Bookshop for mm. continuing to support um, that program and podcast here on ORFM. Do look for it online, won't you? Uh, right on with Vanda Simon on ORFM. Go to oar.org.nz. Well, Vanda, um, thanks so much for stopping by. Good luck um, with the rest of the process here with um, with getting expectant out into the world and letting it grow up in public. And oh, uh, grown. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to talking to you again further down the track. Cheers. Always a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.